Big Fluff. Curioso is someone who inquires in esoteric matters. A collector of knowledge. Curioso Podcast. Hey, Joe. Hi, Chris. Joe, it is so freaking cold right now. I, it's ridiculously cold. So here in Maryland, where we live, this mm. morning, it was five degrees outside. Uh, I know. I, I mean, I, seriously, I wish I had, like, some sort of sweater to put on my nether regions just to keep myself warm. <laughs> That's not what I wanted, but, oh, yeah, I, okay, sure. You know, some kind of, uh, like, a didn't didn't last burn supper, you come up with some idea for, like, a like a ball sweater or something? No, it was a, it was, uh, a sweater. <laughs> <laughs> this is different. This was a sweater that uh, showcased ball cleavage. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Lars knows all of what I'm talking about. I Yeah, I, re- I remember you guys talking about it, and I tried Vigorously. to leave the room. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Ooh, boy, we started this off strong, huh? Mm-hmm. Joe, that this, out of all of the episodes that we do, is going to be about some subject matter that is sexual in nature. Yeah, and I... I really don't want to beat around the bush. Mm-hmm. This episode is about Merkins. Yeah. Not Merkins like, I'm a Merkin, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm from America. Uh, yeah, not America. Merkins. Hey, you know, before we get really heavy into the Merkins, I wanted to say we got a, uh, just a journal entry? Mm-hmm. Okay. A little journal entry that we got a phone call from a guy named Ricky in Delaware. Mm-hmm. He also said that he listens and, or watches James Townsend and Son. Right. And, like, they they buy, like, a lot of their garb and stuff. That, mm-hmm. You know, some of them do some reenacting and blacksmithing his family. That was really cool. Ricky, thank you so much for sending that in. That's awesome. And he said uh, he hopes to hear more from us in 2018. And we're going to oblige him. We're doing that right now. Right now. This is the first uh, first episode of the new year. Joe, do you realize that in two days I turn 40 years old? Uh, yes, I do realize. It is but it's very scary. It's not scary. Death it's... is just a little closer. <laughs> that... <laughs> it's just a number. Joe, I've never been this old before. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, and it's a, it's a little scary. That's anyway, how time works, Chris. Right. I'm, I'm not liking it. I'm not liking it. <laughs> I, I lost my hair. Oh, mm-hmm. we, I probably should have done this as the anecdote, yeah, right? Yeah, you could have got a merkin. <laughs> I, I, a merkin for my head? Now, right. I believe that's called a toupee. Yes. And you have to pay for them. Yeah, Joe, I probably should have used that for an anecdote, right? I mean, probably. I lost my hair at 15. Yeah, you that's know? true. Yeah. Well, I didn't start shaving until I was 18. Yeah. You know, I started I, shaving my head, and I'm about 40. Yeah. I realized I've been shaving my head for over 20 years now. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's yeah. weird, because I started shaving when I was 15. Right. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I started shaving my face around that, okay. too, but I started shaving my head, because yeah, I, I, yeah. It, it was... Slow decline. The, the hairline was real far back. <laughs> right. You know? And that's ridiculous. Anyway. What is a Merkin? Now, this episode is pretty much an ask, mm-hmm. right? That is true. Uh, a call in and ask. Well, it was we were 
sitting next to him when he asked us to do it. Right. So we were uh, we were at my wife's birthday party, mm-hmm. uh, having a few drinks, mm-hmm. when her brother, James, and his fiance Sam, showed up. Mm-hmm. What's really funny, just a little <laughs> aside real quick, okay. Dana has two brothers. Right. She has Greg. Greg is married to Sam. Right. James is dating who we call Girl Sam. <laughs> Girl Sam. Girl Sam. Mm-hmm. And then Dana and I... Our son is named Sam. Right. So we have three Sams in the family. Wow. Yeah. Just kind of, just a weird, like, little yeah. coincidence. But anyway, they just sat down. We, had, we were having a couple of, of beers over mm-hmm. Dana's birthday party. She doesn't remember much of this conversation, right. she told me. She had a couple uh, too many beers. But we were joking around about Merkins because James had just found out about him. And he right. asked us right. to do an episode about this. And I said, yes. Yeah. Let's because do that. you can't not. Right. You know, especially he's in the family, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> So what is a Merkin? Mm-hmm. For those of you who do not know. I'm American. <laughs> it is not. It's not that. <laughs> it is a pubic wig. A pubic wig. Like I said before, I don't want to beat around the bush. It's a pubic wig. Right. It's a uh, It's a wig for your your, pubis. your, cr- your crouch. Your, cr- your crouch area. Your crouch area. Your crouchal region. Right. Yeah. Uh, if, if, you, if, if you've got no hair, you want to crouch it. You want to make it look like you do. <laughs> The Merkin, it shows up in historical documents like the Oxford Companion to the Body, which dates back to the mid-1400s. There is no indication as to why they were invented, but there are several prevailing theories. Mm -hmm. The first, and probably most reasonable, is that prostitutes of the time were either ordered or chose to shave their lady bits to help prevent things like Pubic lice, because mm-hmm. those things were rampant at the time. Yeah, Hygiene get... wasn't so high on people's priorities. Yeah, to get rid of them crabs. Right. Right. Just as head lice were to wigs. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have to shave your head. Right. You, you know? You don a wig, powdered wig they or whatever. They got nothing to hold on to. Right. And that was a large part of the 16th, 17th, 18th century. Right. However, clean-shaven lady parts weren't the fashion of the time. Yeah, because it's weird. It's unnatural. (laughs) Okay, yes, it is unnatural. Yeah. If you're not six years old. Wait, okay. All right, now (laughs) now we're getting into weird territory, Joe. Um, I'm just saying that as you get older, people sprout hair in places. Right. That's all I'm saying. Oh, Joe, I just thought of another great thing I could have came up with an anecdote for, and I didn't. Do you remember your first pubic hair? I don't. You don't? I don't. I think I grew up, at, I think I've always had a beard. <laughs> like since you were four? Yeah. Just, like, it, I just, just it just feels it just like. Poof, and it was there one day? Yeah. I do. I, this is, whoa, this is, I'm telling everyone on the podcast about my very first pubic hair. Sure. This is insane. This, uh, this is what you do when you're. wigs. Okay. Well, I remember the first time it came in. I can't, I remember how old I was. I'm sure I was, you know, 13 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I remember. Like looking down, and there it was, long and curly, and I thought that I was Teen Wolf <laughs> because I grew up in the '80s, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm like Michael J. Fox. I'm gonna turn into a werewolf." Awesome. And I was like, "Oh, what is this thing? Oh no!" I just had one, like on just, Homer's head. You know what I mean? Boing. Just one little curly thing. Little it was like whisk. the weirdest thing. Boy, I just told a whole bunch of people that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. So, like I was saying, it wasn't the fashion of the time. To be naturally shaved. Right. Yeah. They just let the hedges grow. Being shaved down there 
at the time could be seen as odd or maybe you had a disease or you, you were possibly a witch. Mm-hmm. And so the art of the merkin was employed. The merkin is a variant on malkin, which was a slang in the 13th century for a woman of lower class and also from the diminutive word of mauled or maud from the 14th century term that led to the slang mop or bundle of rags and sticks. The American Heritage Dictionary of the English language states that the merkin is a corruption of the word malkin, which in 1400 meant mop or lower class woman according to Gross's Dictionary of the Vulgar Tongue in 1795. The merkin is described as a counterfeit hair for the monosyllable. Mm-hmm. Now the, the monosyllable. The monosyllable. <laughs> now the monosyllable uh, was <laughs> Gross's term for a lady's uh, private parts. Right. Okay. How is that a slang? I I don't know. You're, you're talking. How is monosyllable a slang for the vajayjay? I don't, I just don't. You know what I mean? I don't get it. I don't either. Bailey's Dictionary in 1675 states a merkin as a dangerous port in Cornwall, called such for its many terrible storms. Mm-hmm. So the word itself has a bunch of, I don't know where it Double came entendres, from. yeah. Well, well, that one does, yeah. yeah. But there, there's no definitive point of entry for the word merkin. Right. Yeah, it, it's, it, it seems like... There, there is no, like, real entomology for it. Right. Like, we think it's from this, but there is no, like, definitive answer. Right. And I, I think it's a muddling over time or, or a corruption of one or two words that just kind of led it into being this word. Right. But, you know. Pretty standard. I, I would say that a lot of people don't even know what it is today. They've no, never they never heard the word. They don't know what it is. Unless they're in the business or a couple of other businesses. <laughs> I just snorted. Use... I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Unless they're in the business. Or a couple of other businesses adjacent to people wearing Merkins, they wouldn't know. Yeah, which is not a whole lot. No, it really isn't. Yeah. So the second uh, but similar theory to how the Merkin was invented comes about as a sort of way to cover the weeping of syphilis sores. Right. That is really gross. Yeah. I mean, pubic lice is one thing. Syphilis sores, that's a completely separate thing. Right. Now technically because they are separate things, but that's a Well they're both a level up. They're both STDs. Right. Sexually transmitted diseases. Right. It's just one is like, you know, having fruit flies in your kitchen. You can kind of get rid of them, and the other one is something completely different. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, and also gonorrhea. Right. Now, now both I, of those take a long time to gestate, up mm-hmm. to 30, 45 days, something like that. And the u- usual infections and, and signs of those things is like rashes around the whole trunk area right. and maybe some sores and stuff like that. But don't Google any of this. Don't. Just don't Please do it. don't. Yeah. I had to. You don't want to. <laughs> so it was basically a, a mask, the hairless patch that covered up those horrible, horrible sores. Yeah, so uh, in my reading, I, I basically found like a debunking to that, to the idea that it was right. a cover for syphilis, mm-hmm. because it, it really, it doesn't happen 
around the, the it doesn't the mound of Venus. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? It doesn't like that's where the lesions don't happen. They happen on like the legs and mm-hmm. like your your trunk yeah. and also on the cervix. Uh, but it will also happen on a man's penis well, as yeah. well and, if he has it. And male merkins existed they at do. the same time too. Yeah, but the point is, is like if you have like a rash on your trunk, a mm-hmm. merkin is not going to cover that up. It's you not going to cover up sores on your yeah, legs. You need like a Wookie merkin. Yeah, and you're not going to see inside, at, you know, right of, of where the cervix There's is. No internal merkins. Right. So, so really, like it's it probably was for the whole idea of the the lice and things like that. Probably, but, and yeah. not so much for the. Uh, the syphilitic nature. Right. And that's why I said it was a secondary similar theory because they're both STDs. But right. also because mercury was used as a treatment of the time for syphilis and gonorrhea. Mm-hmm. So that would also cause a bunch of other issues at the same time. Mm-hmm. Matt Hatter the, syndrome. Yeah, exactly. You know, skin turning gray or blue, things like that, especially where it's applied Syphilis was also not reported on a widespread case until 1494 during the French invasion. The, the British called it the French disease. The French called it the, the pox of Naples. And the Turks called it the British disease. Yeah, Pretty it was sh- a lot of pass in the buck <laughs> right. for syphilis. It was exactly. like, oh, oh, no, it came from those foreigners. Right. So the timeline doesn't really stack up to when the Merkin was invented. It's right. like some 50, 60 years span of when they say it was first well, invented. Also, I mean, I guess a case for the idea of syphilis, though, which we're talking about with mercury, mm-hmm. is that one of the side effects of mercury poisoning, which... Was hair loss. Was hair loss. Right. So, you know, if all of your uh, your gooch hair falls out, <laughs> you know what I mean? You The uh-huh. idea is to cover it back up. But like we said, you know, it does not really line up with the timeline. So right. it was probably it not for syphilis. Right. Which is, which is uh, good... <laughs> question mark I, I, I don't know I don't know it's all this is all this it's is all a, very uncomfortable to discuss yeah, it's a murky yeah thank, thanks thanks James yeah, for making a, us talk about the Merkin this is a murky Merkin yes yes it is it's very murky <laughs> I did find one little note in the Alexander Smith book a complete history of the lives and robberies of the most notorious highwaymen Oh, that's a book title. Sounds like a fun read. <laughs> right. I love old books. <laughs> I know, me too. Or oh, we'll call it this. Right. I, I, yeah. Or Steve's John. <laughs> so that was in 1714. There is a passage that states, This put a strange whim in his head, which was to get the hairy circle of a prostitute's merkin. Mm. Mm-hmm. This he dried well, combed out, Returned to the cardinal, telling him he had brought St. Peter's beard. Oh, oh my. Yes. So, okay, I take a few things from that. (laughs) So he's basically saying he found a merkin. He he stooped the prostitute. And he's saying it's like like a saint's relic. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> and brought it back to the cardinal. Was like, look what I found, Saint Peter's beard. Oh, this is that's 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 quite a yarn. Yeah. <laughs> in modern times, the merkin is enjoyed by people in the drag society, community, society, uh, community. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As a decorative accessory. So I I know generally, and mm-hmm. what we were talking about are like ancient merkins. Right. Right. But the new Merkins of today, you can have, you know, you could have it be all different kinds of colors. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have like a bright pink Merkin, yeah. you know, 
road cone orange, like whatever, <laughs> oh, God. whatever you need it to be, it, uh-huh. it can be. Right. You know, so if you, and, and I, I have a few examples of that that I want to talk about in a minute. Sure. It can also be enjoyed as an erotic toy. Yeah. Sure. You know, we found a video about that. No, we did. And I showed it, shared it with you, which I will absolutely put on the show notes. Uh-huh. About uh, a woman hawking her, her Birkins. So there used to be a site called MerkinWorld.com, which I looked it up again like two days ago. Gone. Mm. Now I believe it's MerkinStore.com. But they had this little wonderful little quote that is, the wearing of a pubic wig is a sensory experience. Right. And they offer custom Merkins for all occasions. For all occasions. Every single one of them. Maybe you want a lightning bolt. Maybe you I mean, that's want a I little want. heart. Yeah. A little go faster stripe. Well, I, I also wanted to mention that we were talking about the the, the kind of drag community, things uh-huh. like that. I don't know a lot of drag queens, but I have met a few. There is a drag bar right down the street from my house. Is there really? It's a fun place. Have you been there a yeah. couple times? That's yeah. awesome. Well, what I was going to say is, is when you, when you, not you specifically, Joe, I no, mean, you I'm know, too but when someone who happens to have a penis is dressing like a woman, mm-hmm. sometimes you want something big and furry to cover that up. You're big and furry. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it's depending on what size you're you're packing, you know, it might right. not be that easy to tuck or mm-hmm. or whatever. Or so you want to at least give the sort of illusion yes. of having the lady parts. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of a fun thing. Sure. You know, depending what you're into. Right. So my biggest thing that I was interested to find out about the Merkin was what were they made out of? Mm -hmm. So pretty much the possibilities are endless, it seems. I found yak hair, horse hair, goat hair, beaver, which, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yes, it does. (laughs) I believe that I I actually was watching some Merkin videos on YouTube trying to find some. Mm -hmm. And there was one that I watched where a guy, he's a beaver hunter. That's what he does. And they caught a beaver. And they're ripping it open, and he's, like, giving you the history of the Merkin while a dude behind him is slicing a beaver open. And he's talking about Merkins, and he's like, and the reason why they call it a beaver is because Mm -hmm. they would get a little patch of this hair, and they just put it on there, down there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I got to find that video again now. Oh, man, I got to put it on the show show notes. notes. Yeah. (laughs) It's really gross, though, if you don't want to see a beaver being cut open. Right. Or know where strawberry flavoring comes from. Right. Linen, but... The most disturbing that I found was they could even be made from real human hair. Now, that's not terrible. Right. But real human hair back in the day in the 1400s was usually obtained from corpses. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the the, the whole idea of body snatchers or yes. what, what do they call them? Cemetery men? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. They had some other names for them too. Oh, they had a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. But th- that, that was one of the, the prized parts was the hair. Right. Because it could be used for lots of things. Up top wigs, downstairs wigs. (laughs) Right. You know, and then they sold the body to the medical medical universities Mm -hmm. so that they could test on them. But they didn't need to have a full head of hair hair, because you're not not dissecting the the hair. Right. Yeah. So it it makes sense that they would uh, shorn them like sheep. And they could also be decorated with things like ribbons, beads, flowers, and even jewels. Right. So if you were going to wear a Merkin Joe, what would you adorn your Merkin with? I think I would just dread it. Yeah. Just straight just up. real long. Dreads. Just something. Just nasty old dread. So you're talking like like 
like long, like, like predator, long and curly, not like short predator and curly. dreads. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine yours would just have tentacles hanging off of it. Well, yeah, it's close to dreads. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like Cthulhu Merkin. Yeah. You know? <laughs> C- Cthulhu. Catherkin. Catherkin. So back in the day, in the 14, 15, 1600s, they were most likely attached with a string. Something around the waist, sort of like a waist chain. Right. We were hip in like the 90s. and The belly chain? Yeah, like that. Yeah. So think of that, but hangs a little lower right in front of your, your crouchal region. Right. So now here's the thing about that. When you think about like how does this thing attach, right? Mm-hmm. That was the first thing that I thought. I'm like, I understand how modern ones are attached. And we'll, we'll get into that in a little yeah, bit, yeah. okay? But how would you attach it if you lived... In the Renaissance or medieval right. times, it would have you know? to be some sort of yarn, string, something of that. I mean, nature. you're not you're not using honey on the back of that thing to stick it to it, right? Uh, like, I mean, there were there were some glues, but I don't think they would deign to put that on their private parts, right? I don't think that they had spirit gum back then or anything no, like that. No. So, so I'm thinking that it was sort of like like an attachment, kind of like how, like, uh, like in the wild west, you know, you have it tied around the thighs, like the gun, you <laughs> right. know what I mean? Like your, your gun holster. So it doesn't one flop string up. on your thigh to you, keep the gun from flapping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you, you basically have like the, a string around your waist and right. then one to each of your thighs and, and it holds that sucker kind of like tight, like a tent flap. See, I was thinking more of like a G string, right? Like it's around the waist. And then at the, the tip of, of the, uh, the Merkin, it just goes up your butt crack to the string in the back. Right. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say your butt crack. I think that, I think that or it would Or to the side. I don't, yeah, I don't think that it would come up that way because I think it would get in the way of getting, if you were, say, a pro, Oh, yeah, A no, prostitute, you would, I think it was tied to both of your... Yeah, because you would want the sort of crotchless panties Yeah, this is approach. so uncomfortable. I am <laughs> so, it? yeah. I, I'm just hoping my mom doesn't listen to this episode. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, since we were talking about it, Joe, do you mind if I tangent here? Sure. So you brought up the G-string, mm-hmm. okay? Now, I actually, because we do episodes sometimes that I think, like this one, that there isn't a whole lot of history behind it because, I mean, there is. There is, But yeah. I'm saying it's like it would be a little bit shorter of an episode, okay? Right. Sometimes I find things that are Merkin adjacent right. that I would like to discuss, and this is one of those things, and that is the G-string. Very similar to when we did our Bloody Mary episode, mm-hmm. and we talked about Bloody Mary, the cocktail. Yes. And added that in. So I wanted to talk about the G-string. And Joe, when are we ever going to get the chance to talk about G-strings again? You know what I mean? It's never going to come up. Right. It's funny because that was the string I always broke on my bass. Right. And then my <laughs> bass, the the G-string nut broke. Mm-hmm. I would always make the joke that I broke a nut on my G-string. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so the term G-string, which is also spelled G-E-E-S-T-R-I-N-G. So it's not just just G the letter. It can be spelled either way. Like the B-Gs. Yes. Okay. Now, of course, some people think that the G-string resembles like the letter G, but that's... I don't no, think it so. Doesn't. Right. I, I, I mean, I've never like, Looks more like I the can letter think about y. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, like I was saying, I don't think that it does. Okay. Uh-huh. But they did find in uh, J.H. Beald's 
Western Wilds. It was a, a book that was written that said, around each boy's waist is the tight G-string from which a single strip of cloth runs between the limbs from front to back. Now, this was talking about Native Americans or American Indians. Okay. Okay. So yeah. he was talking about- A the little loincloth. A loincloth. Right. Okay. So this is where we think we get it. Uh, the, 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 the G-string coming from Native Americans to becoming now what we know that strippers wear and and people who just want to have a good time no i mean they're practical because you don't see uh the uh the, the underwear line yeah the, the panty line yeah that's, it, that's also a, a practical way to use sure. it uh it's also very synonymous with the term thong as well yes that, that we've also heard now as we know a thong can also be denoted as a thong of leather okay yes. and a string was commonly a 19th century synonym for a whip. Mm. So a string or a whip. Now a whip back then wasn't necessarily like a cowhide, like bull whip, like we're thinking of it. Sometimes it was just a small piece of leather that they had a whip to kind of like whip the horse to get them to go. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't necessarily the big bull whip that we're thinking of. You know, we're just talking about like a small little thing of leather. Think about- Like a riding crop. Yeah, something like that to to kind of get the horse to go Mm -hmm. a little bit faster. Like, hey horse, pay attention. Right. So if you were wearing something like that, that attached to a loincloth, Mm -hmm. it would also be called a whip or, or a string. Okay. The kind of like small little horse whip that is just like a strap of leather. The string part- bears a superficial likeness to the fiddle string of similar designations. However, the explanation probably isn't really what it is. Like you were talking about the G string on mm-hmm. the on your on your bass. Right. You know, that's basically where they think it came from. The huh. the G string of American Indians mm-hmm. where they would wear like a small loincloth or a whip around holding the loincloth to cover their nether regions. Right. So that's where they think the idea of the G string came from. And I got this from a website called the Straight Dope. Which okay. is very similar to like Snopes. Yes. So they were basically doing a dive into what is the G-string and why is it called that. Right. Gotcha. And one of the reasons why I got led into this was because I was I was looking up Merkins. <laughs> Damn mm-hmm. my browser history, Joe. I don't even care. I know. And I found something called a C-string. Do a you know what a C-string, C-string. is? C-string. Oh, okay. is that where it's, it's like the little cup? Yeah. Yeah, it's. I'm going to show. Here's some I found on Etsy. I'm going to show you a picture. Oh, of on that. Etsy. Yeah, they're handmade. Yes. So this is basically like a clamp of sorts. It's a compression. It's a cooch compression. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, basically it it slides up your up you know behind your butt mm-hmm. in between your your. Your, your coccyx. Yeah, right. So it goes in there, and then it also kind of goes to the front. Now I've seen burlesque artists. Wear things like this before. But that's similar to a pasty. It is very similar to a pasty. Yes. This is a compression thing. So this is not like a pasty. No, but but what I'm saying is that this is like an alternative to a merkin. Okay. Or some sort of, you know. Gotcha. And this technically covers up all your lady bits, the C-string. So this is, I've seen, like I said, I've seen people, women wear this before when they do burlesque Mm -hmm. or or whatever you want to call it, you know, burlesque arts. Yeah. And, and. You know, sometimes they'll have flowers or feathers yeah, attached to adornments. them. Yeah. Or they'll be bedazzled or whatever you want to call <laughs> yeah. it. So it is like basically a, a different type of merkin for nowadays. Nice. You know what I mean? So, and it, but it covers up a little bit, a little bit more. More it of it. Right. Covers up the whole love canal and everything, <laughs> gotcha. you know? 
Whew, I'm sweating over here, Joe. I, know I don't know. Are. I don't know what what's up with me. So, but anyway, that was my little dive into the G string and and the C string. Nice. The G string, the C string, and how they attach to the Merkin. You were just sort of offhandedly saying something about bedazzling the the Merkin. Mm-hmm. There is a thing called bedazzling. Uh, there is, yes. Yeah, and I did not even know that was a thing right. until, like you said, the searching for the Merkins, I found it. It is the bedazzling for the vagina. Right. There is a plethora of images and things to see on places like Pinterest uh, <laughs> where there's a lot of bedazzled, bejazzled vaginas. Can you send me some of those links? <laughs> I thought you would want I saved uh, I saved it for you. Okay, great. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Okay, so I've seen people, they dress up uh, on their face, they put makeup, mm-hmm. and sometimes they'll add little jewels to the side of their eyes, things like that. Right. You know, so this is that same thing Yeah. Uh, for sexy time. Uh, not even sexy time. Or just it's, fun time. It's for you to feel sexy time. Well, that makes sense. You yeah. know, it's, I want to feel like a, like a sexy beast. Right. So I'm going to... I get it. Vajazzle my... Yeah. It's like Bedazzle. wearing fishnets, like uh, underneath your jeans. Ex- you know, nobody I, necessarily knows about it. Right. But it feels real good. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> it's super hairy legs. It's a terrible thing. <laughs> like I was saying before, male merkins did exist. Mm-hmm. However, they were usually made of things like loops, chains, metal plates. Chains? Yeah, like, uh, like think chain link, like chain mail. Okay. I don't think I'd be wearing a chainmail merkin. Well, okay, hold on. But they are more closely related to the codpiece. Okay, gotcha. So imagine that that's replacing the 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 more feminine merkin, right? Where the the, the male counterpart is is more of a housing with metal and <laughs> leather adornments. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's more masculine. I think I've seen some of those at the Renaissance Fair, uh, yeah. but I've never seen like hair painted on the front of it. <laughs> that would be awesome. Can I can I tell you a little story? Sure. Okay. So I have these two friends of mine, and you probably know who they are, and I'll tell you when we're done recording. Okay. okay? But they happen to be some friends of mine, and they're two brothers. One of them had an experiment. Okay where they were all walking around. And this is like when we were kids, okay? They were walking around, and one of them decided to leave his pants totally zipped up, Mm -hmm. left his pants buttoned, but tucked his shirt in in the front so you could see his belt, Okay, undid his belt, and just walked around like that all day. Okay. Wherever they happened to be. Left his belt undone, pants were zipped up, Mm -hmm. buttoned up, Mm -hmm. Okay. He got some of the worst, most disgusted glances and like so many people telling him like, like, oh, you're disgusting. Like what? Like he got this all day long just because he had his belt undone, even though he was totally zipped and everything. Right. Okay. But it was just like a weird, like social experiment that he decided to do. Sure. So I don't know. It just, since we're talking about the crouch region, (laughs) I just, it kind of brought it to mind. You know Uh what I mean? Are weird like hangups and norms. Yeah. You know what I I mean? mean, The U.S. is one of the most prudish countries on the planet when right. it comes to things like sex and, right. and, and nudity and things like that. But, yeah. But it, I think it's just weird. You know, he decided to do that social experiment and right. just got like just dirty looks and like actually had people <laughs> telling him like, you're disgusting. You uh-huh. need to like take care of that and Tuck everything. that thing in. Yeah. And right. It was, like, and it wasn't, belt. yeah, it was just his belt right. was hanging there. Like, you, you know what I mean? Belt lady. I just, it's one of those things that's always in like the back of my mind. Right. You right. know what I mean? Where I'm like, wow, I, I never thought about doing that or I would never do mm-hmm. it. But 
you know, I know someone who did. Mm -hmm. I used to like to point at my crotch and ask where the bathroom was. <laughs> <laughs> like when I'd go to like a store or something, like, where's the bathroom? And I'd point directly at my crotch. So they would have to look. <laughs> Because you would always, you, you know, you point for your watch. Your watch when you, yeah. Yeah. Right. It just seems thing. like the thing that you would do, except yeah, it's for it's just, your crotch. But it's funny. How many times has this happened to you? I just want to listen to a podcast. I can't choose from all these complicated structures and setups. You want to listen, not think. That's why there's Hobo Radio. You'll feel like the smartest guy in the room in a room by yourself. This doesn't take any intellectual thinking at all. Thanks, Hobo Radio. Hobo Radio, a weekly podcast on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network. All right, so Joe ran upstairs for a second, mm -hmm. and uh, through the magic of editing, you, that might not be in this, but he said, oh, give me a second, I have a special thing for this episode. And uh -huh. I was like, great. So he brought uh, a bottle down, and here is, what is, what is this called, the thing on the front, the something of man? I forget what what it's called. Vitruvian. Vitruvian man. And, Vitruvian. Uh, Vitruvian man. It's a uh, Da Vinci. But he has on it like a little grape merkin <laughs> over his genitals. <laughs> and uh, it's from Merkin Vineyards. Right. The Chupacabra Blanca, called back to H.R. Giger episode where mm -hmm. we talked about the Chupacabra. Right. 2013 New Mexico white table wine. Yeah. Alcohol 13.5% by volume. Right. So this is... Caduceus Cellars, and you know what the Caduceus is, right? No. It's the symbol for commerce. Okay. It's the, the snake, the two snakes going up the staff. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. It's a winery in Arizona owned by one Maynard James Keenan. Of, oh, uh, Tool, Perfect Circle. And right? Pussifer. P <laughs> you never okay. heard Pussifer? No, I'll I let you borrow some Pussifer. Dana's really into a Perfect Circle. I, I, I think I at least own Tool. Yeah, listen to some Pussifer. So. It's it's like Tool and Mr. Bungle had a baby. Oh, really? It's awesome. You might hear me sloshing this wine around. I'm mm -hmm. trying to open it up a little bit. Yeah, I apologize yeah. if that's bothering you. <laughs> so it was founded in 2004. The winery is named Caduceus after the symbol of commerce, like I said. But the vineyard is named Merkin after the famed pubic wig. Mm -hmm. There is an interesting documentary called blood into wine oh yeah about uh, his doing his like wine, the whole thing stuff. that him and his partner not life partner but partner in the wine financial partner yeah. right like going into this whole thing but apparently he his family is like italian winemakers it's part of his culture mm -hmm. his upbringing that his family made wine so he's like i can make wine right having a second life yeah so let's yeah. try this all right here we go Ooh, smells rusty or earthy. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Earthy, kind of, I was going to say mushroomy, you know mm, what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like earthy, kind of like mushrooms. But you don't get that in the in the taste of no, it. No, no. That's all in the nose. Yeah. Mm. This is good it's for good. a Chupacabra Blanc. Yeah. I can drink this. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know there was such a thing as Chupacabra Blanc. Chupa, yeah. The blood sucker. I'm going to ask for that every time at a fancy restaurant. Yeah. This is pretty good. Yeah. Good you job, know, Maynard. I like when I have a wine that I don't feel like I have to add some ginger ale to because it's – I <laughs> Yeah. Like, like there are some places where I go for like Thanksgiving and stuff where 
there are some people that I know who are from Italy mm -hmm. who bring wines to such events. Mm -hmm. And when I drink them, they're so dry that like my whole mouth is like, just, yeah. it, it, and I have to literally like when I have that, I just wait till they turn their back and I add a little bit of ginger ale to it. Cause <laughs> right. I'm like, Oh God, I need to like turn this thing to a spritzer. Yeah. I know? remember we did a, uh, a wine and cheese party and mm -hmm. I think I made you try one of my favorite Australian Shiraz uh -huh. and you're like, Nope, Nope, <laughs> Nope, Nope. <laughs> no. I'm not a huge wine person. Well, no, it was a Malbec. Is yeah. that what it was? Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I just, I don't like it when it sucks all of the the everything well that's from why you, you just eat more cheese and you're fine no no because the last <laughs> wine and cheese party we went to i guess there was too many purines or whatever in like the cheese and i wound up getting gout the next day oh, it sucked oh, it was bad man. so but joe i i wanted to uh i wanted to get into what we kind of discussed earlier how you would attach a merkin in the old world yes okay but Merkins nowadays are much, much different. You don't oh, need any kind of complicated, you strings know, strings or, or straps or whips or anything like that. Yeah. So, well, I mean, you can do well, the you can compression, compress. the C, the C clamp. <laughs> right, the C clamp. <laughs> that you, that you put there. You right. could use that. And yeah. that, that is Merkin-esque. Mm -hmm. You know, you could add a Merkin to the front of it if you wanted. You could, you know. Yeah. But the, the one that I was thinking of are just the, the you know, the kind of small furry ones. Right. I, now, in my head, never wearing a Merkin myself, mm -hmm. I imagine something similar to when I did the Mad Hatter costume. Right. I made my own eyebrows right. for that costume. Just giant, huge, furry, red-haired owl eyebrows yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So I attached them with spirit gum right, right above my own eyebrow line. Mm -hmm. Is it something similar it's to that? It's very similar to that. So the first thing that you do is you want to get a Merkin from a well-stocked wig shop, okay? Okay. Wig shops a lot of the time will have Merkins. all kinds of wigs, downstairs sure. wigs too. Yeah. Most of the time they come oversized. So you want a nice sharp pair of scissors to trim it to how your, your, your personal- Yeah, your dimensions. Uh, yeah, your personal dimensions. Right. Your, your personal triangle. <laughs> right. So- uh, so you want nice sharp hair, you cut them up. Then you want to wax that area. Of course. Okay. Is this mansplaining? Am I mansplaining I right now? You kind of are. You know what? I'm just going to go with it. Sure. I apologize if I'm mansplaining. It's a thing. So you want to wax the area. The reason why you want to wax the area as opposed to shaving the area That's is because, good. well, if you shave the area, you, you can only wear the Merkin for like, say, two days. Right. Okay. Because right. your hair is going to grow back and you're going to pop it off. Right. But if you wax the area, it'll stay a lot longer. You can try Nair too. I've done that. It's, right. It's similar to wax. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you do have to shave the area, that is perfectly fine, but you're only going to be able to wear it for a few days. Mm -hmm. uh, you Then you want to wait a few hours afterwards because just like men on their on their necks when they shave they get you know razor burn mm -hmm. women i would suppose would also get that oh, so you yeah. want to kind of wait for the area to sort of heal up a Let's little bit calm down yeah. yeah yeah to not be so you know inflamed yeah yeah exactly <laughs> right. then you want to get some spirit gum from like something like a costume shop or i would mm -hmm. figure a wig shop might also have spirit this. gum or spirit glue it's, right it, it can also be known by that name right then you basically apply with the high quality spirit gum and then apply the, the, to the back of the Merkin and then apply it to the area. Hmm. Uh, and then you want to hold it there for uh, several minutes until it is firmly attached. Okay. And now I. Are, until the spirit gum sets. Right. Now, are there like a, a 
peel and stick? There are also peel and sticks. Okay. I've so seen a very few much. Of those. Now, I've gotten a few out of like uh, coin machines, M- the peel markings? and stick mustaches. Oh, yes. And, and, you, yeah, and you put those very, on. It's like a it's very face similar. Marking. Yeah. It's a face mark. Yeah. So like I like Sammy, my my kid, will get the mustaches and we'll both wear them sometimes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's very. They also have ones that are like that, you know. And and if you're only going to wear it for a night, that yeah. might be a fun thing to do. Okay. So uh, just another thing I wanted to kind of mention was what we were talking about Merkins today. Yes. You know, people that wear them today. Obviously, we talked about people who wear them for drag shows. Right. Uh, sometimes uh, strippers have mm-hmm. to wear them mm-hmm. as well. As pasties. Yes. Now, part of the reason why is if you wear, say, like a pair of panties or some sort that is like nude colored or mm-hmm. skin colored with a merkin on the front, you can also wear pasties with, say, like nipple marks on the front. Right. You know, it kind of gets around the idea of the fact that you're- Gratuitous. N- yeah. Right. Full you funnel. Know? Yeah. yeah. But the, so, you know, in some counties, you can't get away with those sort of things and you can wear that sort of thing. Right. In today's day and age, movie making is a huge thing for Americans. Right. The that is probably the most prevalent area that you will see the Merkin in mm-hmm. is Hollywood film, TV. Up until the creation of the Motion Picture Association of America or the MPAA in 1966, there was very little, if any, nudity in mainstream Hollywood productions. Right. You might see half a boob, you know, mm-hmm. or some side boob here and there, but not a lot. The MPAA helped filmmakers and studios do more, not just do more, but take more challenges, more risks with their films to tell, you know, grittier, raunchier, whatever kind of story they wanted to tell. But they helped them to expand the genre of film. Right. But in doing so, they also came up with a rating system. Mm-hmm. Also, call back to our censorship episode where we finally decided to stop beeping things right. that we talked about. Yeah, so fuck that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the guidelines to to getting into that rating uh, were, you know, relatively simple, but things like full frontal shots mm-hmm. where you could see labia majora, full nipples, you know, all of those things, that would pretty much garner a film, an NC-17 or an X rating. Right. You know, back in the Even 60s if it was not pornography. Right. You, would, you could still get an X rating. Right, exactly. So to skirt around that, all you had to do was employ a Merkin mm-hmm. and the MPA, they were like, it's just hair. We can't see anything. You pass with a maybe an R rating. Yeah, you it gives s- the ability to have full frontal nudity right. without actually showing it and, yeah, and give a rating. Also, a lot of the time now, uh, you have period pieces mm-hmm. that, that in movies that require, take out. yeah, because modern actresses and actors they're probably waxing every other day. Well, they, they get their Brazilian on, right? right. You right. know, a lot the, of that's the modern thing. And yeah, that, that fashion trend was brought about in the seventies, pretty much due to the porn industry, right? Because the producers of porn they're like, okay, well, we can't see quote unquote everything going on. Right. We want to see everything going on. Shave that. Yeah. And it just became sort of- Kind a, of a standard. A fashion trend, yeah. Yeah. And now it, it's it's still there. 
Mm-hmm. You know, people still do that. People still are natural or whatever. You I know? think it's like, I wouldn't say half and half, but I mean, I think it's like a personal preference. Exactly. But exactly. a lot of actresses like to wax that area. Sure. And like you said, period pieces, you know, if you're in a movie that is from the 1800s and you're fully shaved and you have to do a full frontal nudity scene. And you've been waxing for 20 years, you're yeah. probably not going to, it's going to grow back patchy at right. best. Continuity, people. Continuity. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great, not a great thing in film, but it's a neat, interesting thing that it's a niche. exists yeah. in film. Yeah. Because, I mean, wig makers today, a lot of the time, still have to make merkins for yeah. movie shoots. Oh, they yeah. have to make those happen. Yeah. Somebody does. I found a cool little list. I mean, there's, you can look up tons and tons of like famous people that have worn merkins, but some of the interesting ones that I found, Kate Winslet, mm-hmm. she wore a merkin in a movie called The Reader. Patricia Arquette made her own merkin from random hair in the prop department on the set of Human Nature. Mm-hmm. I, I do you know I, I know like most of what you're reading off this yeah. list because I think we found yeah, the same on Jezebel.com. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And and I gotta tell you, I don't think I've watched any of these movies. No. Apparently I don't watch enough movies with nudity in it. I, I don't <laughs> I, I, I think I've, I've I've seen like two on that list. Okay. Kim Cattrall, of course, in Sex in the City, I, she like dyed her pubes or something. Yeah. I read the story. I've never watched the show. But the picture it shows is this giant red merkin, <laughs> and it's just ridiculous. Heidi Klum in a movie called Blow Dry. Alana Ulbeck in Waiting, which I've seen that. Oh, yeah. Okay. That scene where they're like, what's your problem? And she's yeah. like, you want to know what my problem is? What my problem is? And she lifts up her skirt and says this giant <laughs> yeah. fuzzy for, merkin. And it's because it's for like comedic effect. Yeah. But right. there's like yeah. lint and like a toothpick or something yeah. stuck in it. And she's like pulling. It's hilarious. It's because the whole movie, they've been showing each other their gooches. They're like, right. it's the goat or whatever. It's like yeah. the whole idea is they're showing each other their balls through the whole movie right. as, she as was a joke. Making fun she of She was the, trying to get dudes. into it. Yeah. Yeah. Anna Ferris in Scary Movie were American. Another comedic effect. There was a story I heard about with Jennifer Connelly. She did a movie and she said, I should have worn a Merkin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they're, you know, Merkins are everywhere in film and TV. So if you see large bush on your your TV, was it? There's a. I, I read. I think it was on that same article. Sasha Gray, who is a porn star, mm-hmm. wore a merkin when she was on Entourage or something. She did like a oh, spot yes. on Entourage, yeah, and she wore one, which mm-hmm. she was so that she could have the full frontal, right? You know, right. like for TV or whatever. It right. Was. Yeah. HBO. Well, HBO. Yeah. It's not TV, Joe. It's HBO. Sorry. Okay, so I have one for you. I believe it was like 2011 Music Awards. Uh, It's like Canada's version of MTV, the Much Music Awards. Mm -mm. So Lady Gaga did this, and she dyed her hair like this turquoise, a turquoise. (laughs) Turquoise. And I believe that she wore like armpit merkins, okay? Okay. Dyed those the same turquoise, Mm -hmm. and then she had a pair of like black pants on and attached a turquoise merkin to the front of her... Of her pants as well. Okay. So that it all matched, like the curtain matched the drapes, matched the... I, the I don't know what that would be. Another The thing. floor mat? Yeah, and, you know uh, what yeah. I mean? So like everything all matched together. Sure. And uh, and did like a like a set really? on, on stage. Yeah, did like a... It was on the outside for pants? Yes, yes. I, don't, I think it's really... It's fashion, Joe. Oh, you, don't, you don't have to understand it. I don't understand it. it. You don't have to understand yeah. fashion. All right, Joe, I also wanted – I had one more thing that I wanted to discuss. Mm -hmm. This is like we were talking about 
a Merkin adjacent right. sort of thing. I wanted to talk about fig leaves, Joe. Oh. All right. Now, I, I decided to try and grow a fig plant in my backyard. And I don't know if you know how large the fig leaves grow. Yeah. My but mom the, has two fig trees. Yeah. Those leaves are huge on that thing. Yes, they are. Okay. But one of the most important ideas of fig leaves are that they cover most of the penises uh, in the in Vatican. In most of the museums. <laughs> in most of the Vatican museums. Now, right. the reason why was because there was, I believe it was Pope Innocence the tenth. If I am correct, I don't know. I, re- I did a lot of reading for this, but there mm-hmm. was a whole bunch of popes. And they basically- there are a lot. When the Sistine Chapel was unveiled, a lot of people were very upset about all of the junk that was happening. <laughs> all of the junk in the yeah. chapel. So they decided to employ people to mm-hmm. go up and actually paint over them. And a yeah. lot of that is still done today, even though they didn't completely finish it. Mm-hmm. So there are certain pieces like- That are peeking out. Yeah. The, there's a guy with like donkey ears who a- <laughs> A snake is coming up and biting him in the in the chrome. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. and, and that one didn't get painted over. And there's a whole bunch. But basically, because of not wanting a bunch of penises around, they sure. they they covered them up and they decided to cover them up with fig leaves. Now there's also apparently at one point in time there were people who were walking around with hammers and just banging the junk off of statues. <laughs> It, yes. it kind of reminds me of what is it? What is it? Uh, Goonies, mm-hmm. where the and then they like glue it on upside down or whatever. <laughs> exactly. So, but yeah, it's just like it's a really fascinating read. You well, know, yeah, going I, into it, and I, I've got a lot of stuff about it. But you know, I was just thinking this is very similar to the Merkin or yeah. the idea of wanting to kind of cover it up a little bit so it's right. not necessarily all seen. Right. So it it's made me think about those. Yeah. No, I can understand that. Okay. So Pope Innocence the Tenth preferred metal fig leaves to plaster ones and asked for the remainder of the collection to be covered up. Pope Clement the Thirteenth had the Vatican mass produce fig leaves for statues that still sported penises. Oh. Pope Pius the Ninth did the most damage by ordering any statues that still contained uncovered penises to be destroyed. Wow. So basically, the idea back then was that. That the the only the damned were allowed to be naked, and if you were a person who was saved, right, you were completely clothed because you were modest, you know. And the people who were say sexual deviants and the people who were damned, like they didn't care if like depictions of people in hell they were completely nude. Mm. It was the people who were saved or good people that they wanted them covered up. That's weird because in the Adam and Eve stories. Yeah, it's real it's mixed backwards. up, isn't it? Yeah. It's backwards. Yeah, it really is. Pope Clement Thirteenth ascension to the papacy in November of, ni- uh, I'm sorry, 19, 1758. There was a paper that was entitled Sonnets Dedicated to Pope Clement Thirteenth." Appears in a volume published as the 70th birthday tribute to Professor Nocadro Saramandu. He's the president of the Linguistic Association Atlas Linguarium in Europe. In this paper that he wrote, he was talking about older excerpts that he found that he wanted the statues to throw away the bird. This is a quote from Clement the the 13th. In other words, men were going around breaking off the penises of male statues. He ridicules the decision and states that so many statues there had been commissioned for great sums of money and now look like they had suffered a malfrise or the French disease. Hmm. Going back to the idea of syphilis, like we were talking about, it all comes full circle. So whether you want to cover uh, your genitalia, Joe, in uh, 
plaster fig leaves mm-hmm. or bronze fig leaves or hair of goats yeah or or, or extremely you know orange cone <laughs> orange road cone orange you I've know i've seen hearts i've seen bedazzled i've seen uh, like a yellow star or you know if you just want to go all natural right you know there's nothing wrong with that either nope but then again i got to tell you i got to do a little bit of manscaping you know what i mean cuz <laughs> just break yeah. out the old lawnmower yeah you know what <laughs> i mean i got to trim it down a little bit all right did i tell you about the queen victoria Mm-mm. the the so she apparently went to go see michelangelo's david mm-hmm. at the vatican and was so put off by the penis that was staring her right in the face that she had like this giant one meter long fig leaf to have it covered because he's like six meters tall. Yeah, you know he's but like proportionally, it's not a large penis. Right? Yeah, I know. But she had like a giant fig leaf to cover it up for uh, future visits. Right. Yeah. So. But yeah, it didn't have like two bronze like tacks that you'd walk up and like. Yeah, so ink. that you could hook it up. I mean, literally, they would have to like take and put little. Yeah, like you know, little, little hooks, hooks on, on them. Yeah. If they didn't just like knock them straight off, they would yeah. put little hooks and things like that and all kinds of crazy damage it's because ridiculous. people were afraid of uh, penises. Uh, yeah. And vagina things. Yeah. So yeah. they had to, had to cover them up. Crazy. Well, there's uh there's several ways to cover your your bits. Yeah. If you if you mm-hmm. so desire. Well, I'm proud to be a merkin. Whoo. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Time to let her hair down. Right. All of it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Curioso Podcast. You can tweet us at Curioso Podcast. You can email us feedback at thecurioso.com. You can Facebook us, facebook.com backslash thecurioso podcast. Check out our merchandise on zazzle.com backslash curioso podcast. You can also check out our videos, youtube.com backslash curioso podcast. On the left-hand side of thecurioso.com, you can help support the show by clicking on our donate link. And if you're a real Curioso, we need you to go on and give us a great five-star review on iTunes. It will help us get more listeners, and it'll make you feel good about yourself. I have a, I'm just, I have, a, I had a feeling like everything that I was going to say, you probably had the exact same thing because it, it seems like it's, it, it seems like the, the murky history of the Merkin is, <laughs> yeah. it's not real deep. No. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me you recorded all that. It's recorded. All right. Okay. Yeah. So people use the art of the Merkin. <laughs> and that's what they sound like. <laughs> oh, Sorry man. about that. I had it turned up because we were listening to that thing. That's all right. <clears throat> that's it. That's all I've got. All right. I'm done then.